Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Jennifer Jones Mitchell with Human Driven AI. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. Before we get too far into things, tell us about Human Driven AI. How are you serving folks? Well, at its core, it's a knowledge hub for marketers and companies who want to learn how to apply generative AI to their work. There are articles, podcasts, masterclasses, workshops, things like that. And I also lead AI transformation strategies for agencies and brand marketing teams. So what's your backstory? How'd you get involved with this? Well, I've been involved in marketing communications for 30 years now, and I've always been one to embrace emerging technologies. I was one of the early voices of social media back in 2007, 2008. And, you know, really for the past, I'd say eight, eight or nine months, I've been watching the emergence of generative AI tools and using them in my own marketing campaigns. And just, you know, I I would talk to colleagues and clients and and people who either are afraid of generative AI or they don't understand how to use it. And it just sparked for me, I, I need to help people understand the value of these tools, the language and the mind of AI so that they can get the most out of it. Because like it or not, it's here. <laughs> so uh, I just didn't want uh, my friends and colleagues to get left behind. And, and that was kind of the impetus. Now, AI has been around for a while now. In fact, a lot of folks, I mean, they have an Alexa in their house that they've been talking to, getting answers to questions for years. Can you maybe explain the difference between the AI that we've been, you know, talking to Alexa and Siri with and this generative AI that you're talking about now, maybe define some terms and explain how these things are the same and different. Certainly, yeah. I mean, generative AI basically means AI that has been trained to generate something for you. So ChatGPT or Claude, these types of tools can generate articles or new ideas. Dolly and MidJourney can generate images for you. So that's what generative AI really means. But yeah, to your point, AI has been a part of our lives, our daily lives for a very long time. Every time you use Google Maps or ways to get somewhere, every time you use auto complete in your searches or in your text. It's all AI. But yeah, the difference is really now we have all of these commercially available tools that can help us to operationalize efficiencies, particularly around marketing, which is my focus. I'm not uh, an engineer. I'm not a software AI engineer. I just help people use these generative AI tools and develop the right tech stack to achieve their goals. Now, um, some of these tools right now, like ChatGPT, there's free versions, and some of them are um, kind of more, they're more like specialists, and they, they do a certain thing for certain people, and they're paid versions. 
Is this something that you help folks with is to say, okay, if you want to just kind of test it out, here's some free ways you can do this and here are some prompts that may help you achieve what you're trying to do. But if you want to really make a, a bigger impact, you're going to have to build kind of a tech stack around with certain tools to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the difference between a workshop and an AI transformation strategy. Uh, a workshop is still customized, of course, to the people I'm talking to, but it is more about showing them the mind, the language of generative AI, how to use these tools in general. And then the AI transformation strategy, that's about um, you know, identifying those opportunities to uh, automate tasks and augment skills gaps, um, build that tech stack that serves their specific needs, as well as developing company guidelines and policies around AI usage. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I like to think actually of generative AI more as an employee than a tool. Um, I'll give you an example. So many of my marketing colleagues used to say, yeah, you know, I, I asked ChatGPT to write an article and it was fine, but I still had to proof it and edit it. And to them, I always say, okay, if you ask an employee to write an article for a client, um, do you just blindly pass that off to the client or do you proof it? Do you edit it? Do you make sure that it, it is the best it can be? And that's the way you have to look at these GAI tools. They are only as good as the inputs you give them. So that's why in the workshop, it's about understanding the mind of AI. What do you need to tell it um, in order to get the right outputs that, that serve your goals? So now along those lines, though, if we're going to continue that metaphor about them, uh, the AI being an employee, mm -hmm. at some point, can you stop checking their work or is it something that at this stage you're going to have to check their work? They're, they're basically doing a good or, or a better and better first draft of something that you need. And it's going to always take a human to kind of go over it to make sure that everything is just the way you'd like it. Well, I do think you should still check the work, but I have found that I need to give fewer and fewer edits to it the more you train it. One of the biggest mistakes that people make when using ChatGPT or Claude2, which I actually prefer to ChatGPT, um, people will have one conversation with it and just keep adding to it. You want to start a new chat for different topics, and that's how you train it. So, you know, for example, I can train, you know, I write a lot of articles on behalf of clients because I still have PR consulting as well. And um, so I can train ChatGPT to write in the voice of a client. And all you do is you feed in an article written by that client, you ask it to the AI to analyze it and to recognize it as X client's voice. Um, and then I found if you do two or three of those and save that query, um, then it, it becomes easier and easier because I can just go to ChatGPT and say, write this, to turn these bullet points into an article in the style, writing style of X client. So the more you work with it, I guess is the shorter answer. The more you work with it, the better it is. Now, when you're working with a um, like a Claude or a ChatGPT, in that form, is that is it going to remember that client over time, or is that something you need kind of a specific tool that you're paying for that is is you're building kind of that um, 
the the large language library of your own kind of unique needs rather than kind of a general purpose AI tool. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you want to set up a different chat conversation for each task in that sense. And then within that chat conversation, it will remember that writing style and it will improve with each uh, uh, new version of content that it creates. Um, it's, it's like a lot of people will open up a chat GPT chat and uh, uh, this is someone else's example, but it's such a good one. They'll be talking about quantum physics and then they'll ask in that same chat for a recipe about fettuccine Alfredo. Well, that AI chat is now trying to connect the dots between quantum physics and fettuccine Alfredo. So you really do want to have a separate chat for each task and you can save them and and go back to them. And that's how you train around specific tasks. Now, is it possible, like, for example, um, I've been doing podcasting for many, many years. I have a podcast that I do tips on me and my partner talk about tips and we have thousands of tips. Could I upload all of the the tips into a chat into a chat and then it have and then we transcribe it so there's a machine transcription of all those words Mm -hmm. could that be its own library and then i could basically say okay now you come up with these ideas because you have pretty much everything i know um in this chat Yes, and that's an excellent use of the tool. Absolutely. I also want to say, you know, a lot of people only think of these tools as content creation creators, and they are, but I've brainstormed solutions in these tools. I've brainstormed solutions to business problems, to marketing problems. Uh, it'll come up with campaign ideas. I mean, there really is no limit to what you can ask these tools to do for you. You just do have to remember that generative AI tools were trained on the internet and everything on the internet was created by humans. So there is an inherent bias. There is a chance that these tools will be wrong. So that's why I do say you still need to look at it and proof it and make sure that it's accurate. Um, I like to ask for sources in an article, you know, please provide sources and examples, but I've found sometimes it'll make up sources. Um, so there's still a lot of improvement in some of these tools, but again, it's not just about content creation. There are generative AI tools that help with project management, that help you with pricing, um, both B2C and B2B, um, pricing. So there are just so many tools and that's why it comes down to, you want to understand what is your current state of AI and what is your future state. And then what are the tools that that make the most sense for your specific needs? Now, um, a core element of all of these chats that I've seen so far is the ability to ask the right prompt or to, to ask the right question in the right way to get the result that you're really looking for. How important is that skill uh, to really be able to ask good questions and to really narrow down focus and give parameters when it comes to AI to really wring out the most value uh, for that this. It's absolutely critical. Um, I was giving a speech a couple of weeks ago, and I, I told the audience, if everyone in this room asked ChatGPT to write an article about the top 10 digital marketing trends for 2023, and that's all we asked it to do, we would all end up with the same article. 
and and everyone will put it out there and we would just be lost in the sea of sameness. But if you ask that same question, write an article, will you write an article about uh, the top digital marketing trends of 2023 from a company perspective of this, in the voice of this, with the brand personality of that, and you give it a creative brief, let it know who who is it writing for? Well, who's the audience? Give it everything it needs. That's how you get something that is truly unique um, and and will truly serve your goals. So in a good prompt, how many parameters, is there a rule of thumb like, okay, try to give it a minimum of three, but as many as 10 parameters when coming up with a a prompt so that you're getting a better result? I mean, it really depends on what it is that you're after. Um, Do you remember Boolean logic back in the day? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost want to take that approach where you're saying, I want something that is like this, but not like this, like this and this, similar to this, but not like that. You really want to have an in-depth string of prompts, but you can also, once you get the output, you can say, oh, gee, I forgot to tell it to do this. You can always improve upon it. I just recommend that you do that within that same conversation. Otherwise, you're going to be starting from scratch. So again, you want to teach it in each chat how to improve the output. So uh, you mentioned that your work is primarily in marketing. If somebody is new to this at all, what are some of the kind of the basic things they should be doing to just test the waters and get a feel for um, some of the benefits of playing around in this space? Well, it's exactly what you said. Play around with it. Um, start start testing these tools. Play with certainly ChatGPT. Um, I did mention I like Claude 2 better. I think the output is more human-like. And Claude 2, by the way, will actually give you prompts. Um, I asked Claude 2 the other day to put an outline together for an upcoming podcast, and it asked me, what's the audience? Um, so again, to me, that's a, a, a way that it is far better than ChatGPT because it helps you. It actually prompts you to give it the information. Um, but yeah, start playing around with these tools. Um, see which ones really work for you. Read about, you know, visit humandrivenai.com and uh, read about some of the tools. Um, but it really comes down to identifying the areas that can be automated or augmented with the right tools. You don't want to just jump on every shiny new thing. You really do want to understand the value of each tool. Now, speaking of shiny new things, is this a shiny new thing that is going to be here or is it a shiny new thing that may be, you know, I don't want to, you know, like the metaverse was a shiny new thing. And um, and that was something everybody was like, oh, this is it. You know, this is going to be part of my everyday life. And it, you know, it's still there. It's doing interesting things, but it's not kind of embedded in our life as maybe some people predicted when it first came out. Is this a shiny new thing that is going to be kind of just part of our day-to-day life, especially if you're in business nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. Make no mistake. AI is changing everything. It will impact the way business is done at every single level. Um, Again, I know it's easy for people to think, oh, it's a content generator. It's an image generator. But there are so many different AI tools Um, You know, I'm really impressed lately with uh, ClickUp, which is a project management tool powered by AI. 
we've all been there where you set up your whole timeline and your project, man, you've got all your teams and their tasks are all set up in a system. And then you're suddenly told, yeah, everything's being delayed six weeks. Well, with one click of a button, your entire timeline can be adjusted in this tool. Um, so again, it's so much more than just generating content. But I do want to say something you said about the metaverse because Zuckerberg may have been early with the metaverse, but he, he's not wrong. We are absolutely headed toward XR, um, which is kind of a bucket for all different realities, augmented realities, virtual realities in the metaverse. Um, we are going to see more and more in the XR realm. Uh, very, very soon. We're already seeing it with, um, if you want to try on some clothes at Neiman's, you can sit on your, in your sofa and have your avatar, not a cartoon, but an actual almost hologram of yourself with your dimensions trying on clothes. If you want to go to the Super Bowl and can't afford a ticket, very, very soon you'll pop on your headset and you can sit in the stands and watch the Super Bowl in the metaverse Turn your head. There's your buddy sitting next to you in the stands. He's on his couch. You're on his cap on your couch, but you're all part of this reality that is coming very, very soon. Um, and it's the power and adoption of AI that's going to lead to the metaverse. So when you're working with your clients, you mentioned several different ways to engage with you. Can you go over those again and really explain um, the difference between them? Sure. Um, well, I can do uh, in-person or virtual workshops, and this is custom to the client, um, you know, whether it's an agency or a brand marketing team, and it's custom to the types of clients that they have because the needs of an agency that serves B2B clients versus B2C versus both, it's all different. But I put together a workshop where I help you understand the mind and language of these GAI tools, how to talk to them, how to not just, oh, the, the, here's a list of good prompts to use, but rather how to craft the ask, how to craft the prompts, how to think through giving it what you need, because I want you to be able to do more than just regurgitate a list of prompts that I give you. So that's the workshops. And then the AI transformation strategy is far more in depth. It's where I, I audit your teams. I identify those opportunities for automation. I look for those skills gaps that can be filled in by generative AI, um, you know, look for those operational efficiencies, look for data because so many companies and agencies have all this customer data that they, that's being gathered through AI tools, but they don't know how to use it. So I help them to operationalize that data for improved and personalized customer engagement. And then, of course, those time-saving and cost-saving um, assistance through creative content uh, generation. And then the last step of it is developing kind of company guidelines and policies to help uh, really operationalize across the entire company how you use uh, generative AI tools, how we handle uh, data privacy issues, how we handle, um, you know, all the risks that are associated with it as well, because you want to make sure you are not just strategic in your application, but you have an ethical um, application of GI, GAI tools. Can you share a story of maybe one of the people or uh, companies you work with that uh, you don't have to name their name, but maybe share the challenge that they were coming to you with and, and how you help them go, get to a new level? 
Well, just recently, I like with an agency, one of the first things I, I like to do is look at their timesheets. Agencies, of course, have to track all their time. Um, and I immediately found a number of areas where we could automate tasks that the agency was spending a lot of time doing. Um, so, you know, identifying those, those aha moments where you're like, yeah, you could have a, a, an AI tool achieve this for you. Um, also, uh, working with them on ways to recognize research and, and how to brainstorm in generative AI. That's a big aha moment, usually for the marketers that I work with, because they just think of it as ask it to achieve and do this one task. But you can really have conversations with these tools that can um, kind of break you out of your normal approach to things. Uh, so just showing them how to use the tools in a new way always sparks something uh, in terms of, of application of it. Now, you mentioned a couple of the tools. Are there other, uh, can you list some of the kind of the tools that you, your go-to tools or the go-to for marketers uh, nowadays that you think should at least be experimented and played with? Well, absolutely. I, I, I'm a big fan, as I mentioned, of Claude, too. I think it's it's far more human than ChatGPT. Um, I mentioned ClickUp. Anybody who's trying to do uh, project management, um, what I also like about ClickUp is it has prompts, I think over a hundred different role-based prompts. So as you're building out your client campaign or some larger in-depth project, it, you can choose, let's say, engineering, and it will have prompts. Not as I'm not an engineer, so I don't inherently know what all the tasks I need to assign to an engineer for this uh, specific campaign. But it will have prompts that'll come up and say, write a technical spec or create a test plan. So it really helps you to map out your entire um, project management timeline. Um, price fix is one that I use a lot just in terms of developing my own B2B pricing for solutions. It basically reviews the market and competitive landscape and then helps you assist with your uh, pricing. And then Wiser is another one that I've been playing with a lot on the B2C side. It captures real-time retail data, both online and in store, and it will help you develop your pricing strategies based on how your B2C product is doing across the entire retail marketplace, which we know is, you know, beyond just the Tripoli, it looks at in-store, it looks at uh, how resellers are pricing your products as well as competitors, um, and gives you that real-time data that helps you with your own pricing strategies. Um, beyond that, of course, I, I really love Midjourney. I think it's an incredible uh, creator of images. And I think that a lot of marketers also need to look at tools that they're already using because a lot of existing tools are now adding generative AI features within them. For example, I already use Canva as a tool to help me create different graphics and images, particularly in social media. But with one click of a button, Canva will take your bullet points and turn that into a PowerPoint presentation. I can't tell you how many hours marketers spend formatting decks. 
to be able to have Canva, and there are a number of other tools that do it as well, um, but to have them create a beautiful PowerPoint deck for you in seconds, it's just it, the time savings is, is incredible. Now, um, when companies come to you, what is the typical point of entry? Uh, like, what, are they coming to you to just get general information or are they coming to you to solve a problem? Um, it's both. Usually so far it starts with a workshop and then, um, once their teams start using, um, the generative AI tools, then they usually come back and say, okay, we understand the value, but we don't understand how to get to this future state of AI. We need someone particularly to help us identify and test all of the tools because there are so many out there and some of them are really, really good. And some of them are new companies that really haven't tested to fruition yet. So um, a lot of times it comes down to, we just don't know which tools we should be using and we need help with that. Um, and I always back that up and say, okay, let's look at the strategy first. Let's look at what we're trying to achieve and not just give them a list of tools, but rather a true transformation strategy to get there. So if somebody wants to connect with you, have a, a more in-depth conversation, uh, what is the coordinates? Um, they can email me at jennifer at humandrivenai.com or just visit the site humandrivenai. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 